This is WCPO FM 1051 on your FM dial, Cincinnati, Ohio. WKRC, Cincinnati. This is the nation station. Hi again, everyone, and welcome to the Cincy Shirts Podcast. It's episode 172. Today on our show, Marty Thompson from Oldies WDJO. It, it, it was a fight every day. There were some interesting times. I mean, every morning we'd have a morning meeting, and it would literally be Kathy Lair, all the show producers, me, assistant PD, and the topic was, okay, what can kill you today? You know, what, what, what is the single item? Today, cicadas are going to kill you. Uh, maybe tomorrow falling Russian space junk, but what what's going to kill you today? You know Marty not only from WDJO, but WGRR, WLW, and many more in the tri-state. He chats with us about radio oldies, adopting developmentally disabled children from Eastern Europe, and more. Now, if you've been liking the podcast, you can help support it via PayPal or Venmo. Simply use podcast at cincyshirts.com and chip in whatever you feel is fair. Also, be sure to listen for that special promo code for 20% off near the end of the episode. Now, let's talk to Marty Thompson about oldies and radio and a whole lot more. Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. I come from Cincinnati. CincyShirts.com in Cincinnati. So yeah, I guess we'll uh, start where we always start. Is uh, Cincinnati born and bred, are you? I am. Uh, West Side guy, born in Westwood, went to Western Hills. and uh, There you go. West Side through and through, and we moved a little bit farther to the West Side now. We're out in Ross. Aha. All right. Very good. So interested in broadcasting growing up? Were you listening to the radio as a kid? Uh, how did your interest in broadcasting get going? You know, my wife and I um, eloped to southeast Idaho uh, after high school, and I was listening to the radio one day, and there was this young lady on the air who was just dreadful. This was on KTEE in Idaho Falls, and she, I mean, it was so bad. And I just joked to my wife that I could do better than that. And uh, she said, no, you could so um, we didn't have a car. We literally walked down to the radio station, knocked on the door, said, hey, hire me. And uh, they were dumb enough to hire me. I think I was the only guy that would show up and uh, do the Sunday morning show. Oh, my gosh. So it was uh, AM station, FM? What? L- l- little bitty AM station, uh, Super Gold 126. So my first job in radio was actually playing oldies in 1983. When they were properly oldies. They were they were definitely uh, still oldies then, yeah. It was uh, oh, the American graffiti age. Because I'm only a little bit younger than you, I reckon. Uh, and to me, oldies to me is 50s, 60s, maybe into the mid 70s, maybe late 70s. But and the, now people think of oldies, of course, as 80s. Now even 90s. And I'm like, no, 80s or 80s and 90s or 90s, and oldies are 70s and down. <laughs> yeah, and listen, and listeners, really, I mean, listeners, most listeners are like you. That that's where their cutoff is, you know, like. Kind of still the one by Orleans is the end of the oldies era. So that's what, 70? 76. 76, yeah. My brother had that 45. Uh, do you remember that being the, uh, and nobody remembers, we posted about this, I think, on either on Cincy Shirts or on maybe our sister site, Old School Shirts. The that, promo uh, for uh, ABC's new fall yeah, season. Yes, yes, and they kept it for, I think, a couple of seasons, actually. Yeah, remember those happy days and Laverne and Shirley clips with that song playing? That's uh 
And, and then maybe I, that's why I associate that with an oldie because it was just so much a part of that Happy Days Laverne and Shirley mix. For, for real, yeah, yeah. And uh, I also remember when I um, my dad lived in Pittsburgh. I'm from Cleveland, but I would go visit him in Pittsburgh. And the ABC affiliate there had their own version of the song. Channel Four was still the one. Uh, Channel Five was not still the one in Cleveland. They opted to go with their original Catch Five uh, <laughs> jingle, which people. And I don't remember uh, what Channel Twelve did here. They were ABC in the day, and yeah, uh, I don't recall. Twelve might have still been the one. I don't know. <laughs> if anyone knows, please feel free to post under the, when we post this on Facebook uh, to say, "Hey, I, the the, log, the, uh, the promos from the '70s for Channel Twelve were." And someone might even have that on YouTube. Who knows? And um, I got to give you a shout out for the. Um, I was listening to uh, a few of the podcasts, and the Cincinnati Music Podcast are absolutely wonderful. In fact, I you you got some that I didn't know about. I stole them, and you might hear them on a Million Dollar Hot Wax Weekend sometime. Oh, the Cincy songs. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, like like I said, I'm from Cleveland, and there are two songs about Cleveland. There's Cleveland Rocks by Ian Hunter, which was about Cleveland, England, but he said he, he now changed his mind and said that song really belongs to Cleveland, Ohio. So that's that. Uh, and then there's uh, there's No Surf in Cleveland by the Euclid Beach Band, a local band that had a big hit with a with that song, and that's it. <laughs> Cincinnati, from, I think, just kind of the, the word flows and it rhymes with lots of stuff, it, yeah. and it's just it's an easy line. Well, that's how WKRP in Cincinnati became WKRP in Cincinnati, because Hugh Wilson just liked the name Cincinnati. It could have just as easily been WKRP in Milwaukee or Indianapolis, but Cincinnati just sounded better. So there you there you go. <laughs> that's how we got that. So how long are you in Idaho? I was only out there for a couple of years and uh, the bone chilling cold and the absolute vast wasteland of nothingness other than potato fields. Uh, kind of brought us home that and we we had a child wanted the kid to be around grandparents so uh, we hightailed it back to the natty why idaho in the first place you know i i don't know um we hopped in the car and we said we're going to drive until we find some place to start our life that has lots of jobs and cheap apartments and we almost stopped in casper wyoming but it was uh super cold and windy and like now nah, let's keep going and man we just fell in love with southeast idaho it is it's gorgeous we were right in the gateway to the tetons and yellowstone and uh would spend a whole lot of weekends uh up in the mountains it's gorgeous interesting because roger naylor uh, i believe another west side guy fell in love with arizona and he moved and he's now finally out there permanently but folks may remember him from the gary burbank show in the 90s uh as a co-host for a couple of and, years and the waking crew before that on uh, wube there you go. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So you come back to Cincinnati, and do you find a job in broadcasting here? Uh, Jeff Eldred hired me to work at WHKK, which was the Christian station in Erlanger. I did uh, Saturday and Sunday night overnights. I didn't know anything about the music, and it was it was still you're playing records, turntables, slip cues, sure. you know, the whole old school radio thing. And it was, I would find the longest cuts that I could find and play them i there was no format there was no play this play that just play something like hey there's a 14 minute song i got time to run down to empress chili and get a three-way and still get back here in time for the song to be over <laughs> there you go it's funny you should mention turntables and stuff my daughter bought uh, a turntable a couple of years ago and i showed her i said this is how we used to queue up records back in the day on the radio so you place the needle down and you get it to start just at the song then you spin it around well depending on the turntable spinning around a half a turn or a turn and a half and there you go 
and then you can queue it up, you can hit the post, and, <laughs> and that's how we did it. And in the turntables, they were not very good, and the cartridges were horrible, and uh, I got a chance to to play record records for the first time at the original WDJO, got hired on there in 1983, and it was only syndicated shows that came in on records. Everything else was on oh, these yeah. things that look like eight tracks, which are carts, which nobody knows yeah. about what an eight track is anymore either. But uh, or or a cart, uh, yeah, for that matter. Yeah, I remember uh, we when I worked at the station in uh, Pittsburgh, a little AM station. We uh, we finally got the Rock Over London. We were allowed to carry. I don't know how my boss swung that because we were we weren't even getting paid. The owner paid us intermittently, but somehow we were able to secure Rock Over London, and it came on a big. Uh, record, which I would go home and tape, <laughs> obviously, and then uh, we would play that on Sunday nights. Uh, wow. Um, so you're how long at the Christian station? I I I, I want to say I lasted there for maybe 90 days. Oh goodness. And, uh, we had a, a young family at the time, and my wife did not appreciate the fact that uh, I was gone all nights, all night Friday night into Saturday, all night Saturday night uh-huh. into Sunday, and I needed to sleep after that, and I made no money. I mean, I. I Minimum. The checks cleared, thank goodness. But I, I, I it, it was not much more than minimum wage. If it was at all more than minimum wage, so you did, you did better than me. The iron, <laughs> our station was owned by a guy who was a shop steward for uh, the local grocery chain, and my dad never could not get over the irony of the fact that a shop steward was not paying uh, the air staff. I mean, if you asked him, he said, "Hey, uh, he was paying our program directors and the guy that hired me, paying his car payment. That was it." And if you needed money, you said, hey, I'm a little short. He would he would dole out a couple bucks to you. But that was it. <laughs> See, and it in, in Idaho, that was a real similar situation to what we were going through. But thankfully, that the guy that owned that station, man, he could trade for anything, trade or barter. doesn't happen much in corporate radio anymore, man. But back in the day, if there was something you wanted, you'd go in and say, hey, I'll give you some commercials if you give me uh, you yeah. know, a, a month's worth of groceries. Okay. So from the uh, Christian station, where where do you go? Uh, actually, to WDJO, um, the original DJO on twelve thirty. The dump on the bump is what it was called to back in the old WCPO days, and it was uh, Ted McAllister doing mornings and Dr. Dave Roberts in midday. Chuck D's was doing the afternoon show, and Chuck had this thing that uh, he liked. He didn't want to work. Uh, it was a union shop, so the pay was fabulous, and he just. He wanted to go fishing. He wanted to go golf. He didn't want to work. So finally, he's like, hey, you do afternoons on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and I'll do Monday and Tuesday. Cool. Um, it was I was I, I was working at the sister station was WUBE FM 105 uh, back then. And I would go into work on Thursday about noon. I would work Thursday afternoon on DJO. I would work Thursday overnight on UBE, Friday afternoon on DJO, uh, overnight on UBE, mornings on on uh, Saturday on DJ. Literally, I, I'd be there. I sleep on the couch, and uh, I made more in that job than I made until I became program director at WGRR in 1990. I, they they had they couldn't have known what they were paying me. I mean, it was insane money for. <laughs> the time and for what I was doing. So I basically lived at the station Thursday through Sunday and made really good coin. Um, and and it was, it was great. One, one night I was sleeping on the couch, a dude named Stan Foster, who was kind of a radio legend was uh, running the board on, uh, on B one Oh five that night playing a syndicated show called solid gold country. And 
apparently he fell asleep while he was running the syndicated show and it was just going <laughs> at the end of the album um trucking bozos making fun of ubes and ah just records done and nobody knows what's going on finally like at 3 30 or 4 in the morning the police show up and they're banging on the door and i'm sleeping on the couch <laughs> and they're like are you okay i'm like no, I'm not okay. I work till midnight and I got to be up in a couple hours to do the morning show. Well, you're off the air. I'm not off the air. I'm not on the air. Go check it out. And sure enough, Stan had fallen asleep and, uh, that Bozo got a good laugh. His listeners got a good laugh. And, uh, Stan unfortunately was hunted down by Mike Chapman the next day and fired in the, in the streets of Bellevue, Kentucky. And I don't believe worked in radio again. Oh my goodness. Wow. So you're, uh, you're there until you said you got hired by WGRR. Oh, what was the, I was going to ask you, what was the format there at DJO when you were DJO there? DJO was oldies, uh, pretty okay. much exactly the same that we play today. All right. So, and then you had, how do you want And actually from, from there, they, I was replaced by a large automation system affectionately known, uh, by big blue. One uh-huh. of those things that had big bathtub motors and the little carts would spin around and reel to reels. And it was, it was very rudimentary automation. And, uh, they basically fired the whole staff because they could. Yeah. Uh, in fact, the guy that fired me is Bob Backman, who was the general manager. Bob Backman, oldies fans, might know today as Cool Bobby B, the doo-wop guy. Actually, I hired him back after he fired me. At uh, I hired him at uh, WGRR to do the doo-wop show, and he is now nationally syndicated coast-to-coast and on uh, 50s at 5 on Sirius XM. Wow. How about that? See, this is um, like my, my old boss used to say, my old boss, Bree Freeman, uh, program director at WXVX, X15 in Pittsburgh. Be, be nice to everybody no matter what, because you never know. You meet the same folks on the way down as you do on the way up. Yeah, yeah. Similar philosophy. And I've never forgotten that because I, I would get upset with people. I get mad and I'd hold grudges and Bree would always be like, eh, don't worry about it. Don't let it bother you. <laughs> so, a sage advice. Uh so how do you wind up at, because you're fired from DJO, then you end up at GRR then? or I, you- I actually went up to be program director at WPFB up in Middletown. We uh, They were doing classic, kind of that bluegrassy thing at the time. Uh, I was program director of the AM and the FM. We took the uh, AM station, kind of music of your life, nostalgia, 40s, 50s, the MOR 60s stuff. And that was a huge success in Butler County. And we signed on. The Rebel, which was the first kind of young country station in America. I had no idea what I was doing. I think it was 20 years old at the time, maybe 21. And we just put this thing on saying, man, there's got to be, you know, country with a beat, country that's got kind of a, a southern rock feel. That's what they're playing in the clubs. It seems like that's something that should work on yeah. the radio. And, of course, I, I K99 in Dayton signed on. A couple of weeks before that, they had Cox's money and research, and it was a boring radio station. But, man, they just raked in the money and the ratings. And I think we might have eventually eked out a two-share at some point, but uh, definitely not not successful beyond our wildest dreams. But I am so happy now that uh, Jeff Zeesman and the guys down at Dry Ridge got that frequency, put the classic country on it, and they are doing great a big shout out to them and, and mom and pop operators everywhere. Cause that is cool to see that happen in, in today's age of mega companies running the show. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, we were just uh, discussing this morning, uh, in our design chat, uh, we're going to cut, we have another 97 X shirt in the works. Uh, cool. 
may be out by the time you folks are hearing this. But uh, yeah, that was another case where you know the mom and pop, and they sold the station, and uh, you know, and understandably so. Look, we we get it. I understood. A lot of people were upset about it, but and uh, I understood why. It's uh, at some point, you know, you just get done with it, and you want to retire, and you know, you know, exactly, radio yeah. stations had increased in worth so dramatically mm-hmm. during that time period that it just, you know. It made no sense not to sell. And yeah, I mean, it really was hard to lose that piece of really Cincinnati history. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, when you're swimming up against the stream, man, you can only hold out for so long. Um, so where do you end up from from Middletown, from WPFB? Where it's, what's the next? I, I was doing week. I was doing weekends at uh, WLW doing um, the overnight show, filling in for Dusty Rhodes when he was up for reelection. At the same time, I was up at PFB and it was early in 1990. That a friend said, hey, you got to flip on WBLZ. They changed format. They're playing oldies. I'm like, come on. They're not playing oldies. That's dumb. And it turned it on, and they're playing oldies. And the guy that uh, used to do mornings at the original DJO, Ted McAllister, was their consultant. And uh, I, without haste, picked up the phone and said, Ted, hire me. I want to work there. And uh, he and David O'Donnell and the tallest man in radio, Steve Allen, who came in from uh, Washington, D.C. to be the first program director, uh, they were dumb enough to hire me. And uh, in the early days, it was uh, Mike Motley, who was replaced by Ken Matthews, uh, who only lasted a year. And he lasted a year and a day because uh, he got no severance if he was fired a year and a day later. He's now one of the fill-ins or was one of the fill-ins for Rush on the EIB network. Ken was not loved around the radio station, but he has gone on to a very successful career. Um, Sounds like it. And uh you know, things became things, and Steve Allen, the original program director, GR, was hugely successful. Uh, he landed a job at WODS in Boston, which was probably the most successful oldie station at the time. Uh, they needed a program director, and they didn't want to pay much, and uh, I happened to be there, and I was already doing the music. They said, why don't you give it a try? And um, So, BL, this is GRR we're talking about. They, they changed call letters, too? Yeah, WBLZ was uh, Disco 103 in the Pat Berry ah. days way back, and then it became WBLZ, which was kind of this cool urban contemporary radio station, and new owners bought it, and they owned the oldie station in Washington, D.C. There was no FM oldies in Cincinnati at the time, and they're like, we're going to buy this thing, and we're going to flip it to oldies, and we're going to make a million bucks. Well, they made like 12 million bucks. Uh, <laughs> And the Daltons were absolutely the best operators I have ever, ever worked for. Um, just a mom and pop. And the guy was an accountant at uh, NBC in uh, Washington, D.C. And saved and scrimped and scrimped and saved and bought the station in D.C. It was successful. Bought GRR, then bought an oldie station in Charlotte and uh, cashed out. When they sold the radio station, they took care of all the employees and gave us all, like, thank you for working for us bonuses. They were very significant, and uh, you just don't see that in radio anymore. We had a, we actually had a marketing budget. We could go out wow. and buy classic cars and give them away, and TV commercials, and you know all the things that radio stations used to be able to do, and when we're all kind of fighting with each other, not all owned by the same people. Yep. Uh, it was a uh, it, it, it was a golden golden time. That was a uh, that that was a fun time in radio. The, the golden age of oldies. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the golden weirdly, age of oldies. Twenty years later. Weirdly, that's about that same time. I'm in Pittsburgh. We had flipped an oldie station to modern rock, 
on AM. My boss had done that. He graduated from the University of Pittsburgh, and he was he he told me. In fact, I asked him the story the other day because I did a we have a shirt for it now on our sister site, and I said, "What was the exact story?" And he says, "I was just sitting in the offices at WPTS, the college station." He goes, "I just started calling stations in town, and everybody laughed at me except for one guy." And he said, "Come have lunch with me out in Monroeville." suburb east of pittsburgh and so he went out there and he got him to flip the format from oldies to modern rock and the, the rest is uh was history as they say i do, did uh, do well we did okay um he hired everybody from his college radio station except me my friends heard the station first and said you've got to go out there and talk to these guys so i went out there with the, my tape and uh gave it to him and he said well come back for a tryout i came back for a tryout on a friday afternoon it did uh two hours in the afternoon and he called me Monday and said, yeah, you're going to be the afternoon drive guy. And he years later told me, he goes, I, you were hired when I heard your tape. I just wanted to make sure you could run the board and stuff like that. So ah. we did okay. We ended up, it was a, a thousand watt daytime station. So not a lot of coverage. Uh, pushed it all the way to sunset when the, uh, the uh, Clear Channel, not Clear Channel, the company, Clear Channel for folks who don't know, uh, are stations that are allowed to broadcast 50,000 watts and cover a big chunk of the country. So Clear Channel, small case, lower uh, lowercase, uh, station in Nashville would always complain that we were staying on too long. And people in Pittsburgh were complaining because they wanted to hear the station in Nashville. But uh, long story short, we ended up drawing a point one. Uh, the owner, there was a coup. My boss was fired, so I left too, and, and that was that. We got, we got up to a point one, so good for us. For a you get the diaries, you get the diaries. That's a good thing. Yep, yeah, <laughs> yep. So at least we at least we got that far. Uh, so you um, so wait so GR gets sold while you're there. Is that what you're saying? Uh, GRR got, was uh, the Daltons had uh, sold it. It was we were originally going to be purchased by. Uh, the best way to put it would be Randy Michaels was doing interesting things, testing the limits of station ownership, and uh, we were going to be purchased by a company that was. Loosely affiliated with j -Corps. Um, I, I technically not affiliated, but everybody kind of knew what the deal was. Uh, that was a little bit not transparent enough for the FCC's liking. So we ended up being sold to gosh, I, one of the big guys. And it's like, this isn't what I want to do. I'm out. Um, turned in my notice in 97 or so. Went across the street to program WLW, which was the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. I realize that I am not a spoken word program director and I do not do well with huge egos running up and down the hallway. Although I, I am excited to say Gary Burbank once told me that I was the only program director that he never picked up and threw into the general manager's office. I was about to say we might have run into each other because I used to write for Gary. Okay. I would turn yeah. up occasionally. Uh, we wrote from home and just faxed in our bits, but we would we were invited to come up to Sports or Consequences, uh, so I would come up. Well, once or twice a month and, and do that. So, uh, Gary yeah. was not happy with me because I was part of the unwinding of the network. Um, uh, I was the one who brought Jim Scott back in the morning show. And, but, uh, you know, man, WLW was not successful. Um, you know, he wasn't I, keen on the syndication thing after a while anyway, I don't think. When I, when I got there, I want to say WLW was not top five, 2554. And it was, you know, everybody's just kind of gotten soft and complacent and, you know, with Jim Scott back with Gary, you know, Gary was still doing a network feed and he was still doing yeah. the weekend show. But when That's he was I, back local, yeah. man, that show was so good. Oh, Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, you'd always you'd always hope your bits got chosen to be on Saturday morning cartoons because then you get a little extra a little extra bonus in your check there. Ah, nice. Um, yeah, yeah. 
but uh, no, it was it, it was definitely I probably aged a decade in the uh, two almost two years I was at WLW. Realized that I'm not a spoken word guy, and that I just I really didn't enjoy coming into work every day. It was um, it, it it was a fight every day. Uh, it, there were some interesting times. I mean, in, every morning we'd have a morning meeting, and it would literally be Kathy Lair, all the show producers, me, assistant PD, and the topic was okay. What can kill you today? What's our lead story? What's the A topic? You know, what, what, what is the single item today? Cicadas are going to kill you. Uh, maybe tomorrow falling Russian space junk, but what, what's going to kill you today? And, um, that was, that was how our day started every morning at just after eight o'clock. <laughs> so, you know, that sets the tone for a beautiful day. And people, you know, if, if we've lived here a long time, will probably not be surprised by that revelation. <laughs> <laughs> so where do you go? Uh, from I, I, I was actually um, took over as the um, corporate program director for oldies in JCOR, then Clear Channel, then iHeartMedia. So I was um, based in Vegas, which was not a horrible thing. Oh. Uh, pulled up the family, moved to Las Vegas for, I guess we were out there for about five years. Um, did a syndicated show from the top of the Stratosphere Tower. They got a radio booth up there. I didn't and know we that. we would interview. We'd interview all the oldie stars as they, they toured through town. It was, uh, I always say it was probably the best job I ever had that I didn't appreciate during the, the time I was there. It was just to do a radio show every night from seven to midnight, overlooking the strip and all the colors and the excitement. It was just, and, and getting to meet, you know, superstars uh, to have, you know, Brian Wilson swing by and oh, it was just, it was, it, it was living the life absolutely incredible uh, unfortunately came to an end when our uh, contract with the stratosphere ended um kept doing the las vegas thing for a little while got to work with some really fun radio guys uh big daddy who was a uh, part of one of the big oldie syndicated networks for a while um mg kelly machine gun was our night guy for a little while after the network kind of folded and it was uh it, it was a thrill and you learn real fast in Las Vegas that, uh, if you're a drinker or if you're a gambler, you ain't going to last long, man. We saw people generally would, if, if they hired somebody new from out of town, they'd come in, they'd be good for about a week. They'd start <laughs> living large. And, uh, generally by 90 days, they were either in jail in rehab or fired. Wow. So did you, you like living in Las Vegas? Loved it. Loved the weather. We we actually lived out in Henderson, which is a yeah. uh, suburb. Our yeah, yeah. our local McDonald's rolled up the sidewalk every night at nine o'clock. It <laughs> was you know we were ten minutes from the airport, and I was doing a lot of traveling yeah. for um, Clear Channel at the time, overseeing the oldie station. So yeah, I could be from my driveway to my butt being planted in an airplane in under twenty minutes, and uh, it was just it was a, so the weather's phenomenal. The Stratosphere stands on the grounds of uh, Bob Stupak's Vegas World, and Stupak built the uh, the Stratosphere. And, of course, uh, Vegas World was the filming location for most of the TV series Crime Story. I don't know if you're familiar, but it was— I didn't know that. It was, took place in the 60s—for those who don't know, it took place in the 60s, first in Chicago, then they moved to Las Vegas. Um, and it kind of follows the same storyline as Casino, the movie. It's basically the same, uh, you know, good guys versus the mob, basically. Anyway, chock full of oldies. Uh, what a great TV show. 
old cars, old songs. It was just fantastic. Uh, highly recommended. But anyway, uh, yes. And, and, and the stratosphere was quite the place. They had a roller coaster up at the top of that thing called the High yeah. Roller. Still do. Uh, and then a slingshot, like yep. a ah, oh, insane. I find it was the last week that we were doing the show that I finally got up the nerve to go up there and do the rides. And uh, exhilarating and terrifying. Uh, we, I, I, the guy that did the overnight show had the misfortune of watching some dude uh, jump to his death. Oh no! Uh, off of the stratosphere, he had, uh, I guess, robbed some banks up in Washington State and came back, blew all the money gambling. And uh, somehow hopped over all the security barriers and uh, and jumped and it looked like he had uh, changed his mind and he was trying to cling onto the glass and claw his way back up and those handprints were there until the day we stopped doing the show they never cleaned that glass. Oh my God! The real world was there. They were doing uh, bungee jumping off of the top of the tower. They installed a beam and uh, we'd get you know probably a base jumper every month or so would pop in. Uh, cool place to do a show. And as an aside, you talked about casino, yeah. the radio station, the base operation of the radio station of clear channel in Las Vegas was actually in the, um, bank where they did all the bank scenes from casino. Oh. The fake bullet holes were, uh, still along, all along the facade of that building, which is now a medical marijuana dispensary. <laughs> wow. That all comes full circle, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. So you wind up back in the tri-state after that? I came back into town, took over as program director at B105, had some fun there, ended up going back to iHeartRadio. They were looking for somebody to help with their nationally syndicated oldies program. Also did a brief stint in there with the TKO radio network during their, doing their uh, nationally syndicated show. We were on a, a couple hundred stations from the basement of my house, which is actually where I'm talking to you right now, but nowhere near as luxurious studios in our in our new basement as we had in the old basement. Um, I'm in my basement. How about that? <laughs> in my little mini studio here. Yep. Two, um, two computer screens. For those that know, a little Mackie mixer, an RE20 microphone, all the comforts of uh, a little baby radio station. There you go. All right. So, so and go ahead. I'm sorry. When do you wind up at DJO? How does that, uh, I'm back at DJO, I guess. I, I had been kind of informally helping them from the get-go when uh, Roger Kaufman and Robert Nolan and those guys got the idea that they wanted to buy the old um, 11, I don't even remember, 1160, 1180, whatever whatever frequency it had shifted to at that time. And they were going to stick oldies on it, real oldies. Um, I'm like, that's a great idea. Let me know how I can help. You know, I can't be involved, can't get paid. But uh, if you need a question answered or get hook you up with a jingle guy or whatever. So they got that thing signed on while I was still at B105. And um, we ended up leaving B um, and got a call from them and said, hey, do you want to get involved a little bit more? I'm like, nah, you know what? I'm kind of, I was consulting stations in Eastern Europe. This is kind of working in the former Soviet states, uh, connections that I had made through kids that we have adopted in, in Ukraine and, and Bulgaria and was really doing a lot of international work. Didn't think I wanted to, to do local radio anymore. And finally the bug just got me. I'm like, man, I really miss being on the air every day. So yeah, I'll do it. And that morphed into a couple of different stints with the station. And that in February morphed into uh, taking over as a program director. And we have been uh, re-recording the whole library. We've been kind of 
shifting the focus a little bit to uh, kind of get out of WGRR's lane and create our own little lane where we're playing 50s music again. We're doing the early say. 60s. You've really we're done doing that. the Beatles. And, yeah. you know, we're still playing some of the 70s stuff. But, you know, the, the 70s stuff, the Fox and GRR are playing. Let them play that. Well, here's another thing I wanted to say that I don't think people even realize. Uh, my first of all, my daughter discovered the station, uh, rediscovered, I guess you would say. Uh, I have a uh, an old Camry, uh, and to borrow a joke from uh, Cincinnati native Chip Chinnery, I have a car from the 1900s. It's a 1999 Camry. The uh, CD player works, the radio works, the cassette player no longer works, so I can't play uh, my phone in it. So we're either listening to the radio or a CD. So she was out taking pictures for her photography class, and she has a sunroof, so she was taking pictures, and she goes, I need some music. So she just flips around the dial and stumbles onto the your AM signal, and she's like, wow, this is really cool. She has a pretty broad uh, breadth of musical – she likes the Beach Boys, she likes Weezer, her, her current – she's currently into K-pop. So anyway – but she fell in love with it, and she's like, this is great to drive around and listen to, the, to these oldies. And then what I noticed about it was uh, significantly – you're talking about getting out of GRR's lane – is you guys play a lot of familiar stuff people know, but I would say every other, every third song is a song I don't really know and was a hit back in the day, which is fantastic. I've discovered all kinds of great songs from the 50s and the 60s just listening to the station for the past couple of months. That's cool. I'm, I'm glad your daughter found us. I'm glad she turned you on to us. It is – it's been a lot of fun because we don't have the constrictions, corporate radio, you know, Robert Nolan, uh, Mustang Media own the station. And, you know, the mission is to kind of create a unique brand that, you know, does a lot like what you guys do at Cincinnati Shirts. It isn't afraid to take, you know, a little bit of creative risk. You kind of, oh, wow, people with, with, with stuff. And, you know, yeah, you want it to be familiar, but you also want it to be interesting and different and not the same 400 songs. So we've got a our, our playlist is close to 4,500. There songs. you go. Yeah, and, that's uh, um, because, uh, well, speaking of GRR, uh, they play, of course, the old uh, American top 40s. Uh, they play the 70s in the morning and they play the 80s at night. And uh, a, a guy named Dave Holmes used to be on MTV, was on my friend's podcast in California. And he was talking about these. And he says, you got, when you listen to those, what's great, 40 to like into the teens is stuff stations just don't play anymore. Yep. Absolutely. And you can discover all kinds of great stuff in there. And But with DJO, that's like that all the time. Like I said, it's, it's fantastic. And people post in Facebook from the old like SAI. They post all these old uh, charts from back in the day. And I look at the list, and I'm like, I know a lot of the artists. I don't know a lot of the songs. So I'm like, well, if these were hits, why don't people play them? I mean, they only got to maybe 20-odd or into the teens. But I guess as it, things shake out, if it wasn't a top 10 hit, you know, the big stations aren't interested. And, you know, and, and they research the snot out of everything because now that we're in the PPM world, I mean, they can go back and, you know, you can look minute by minute at your ratings and you're like, oh, people heard Hey Dow, Dow, Dow by the Dolphins and, you know, three people turned the station off and no one turned it on. So we're not going to play that anymore. And uh, luckily, we can't afford the ratings, so we have no idea what people are punching in and punching out. So we just kind of do what we think is right. So what's the cutoff? Is there a, is there a, a, a cutoff year? Or is it, you know, one of the things that we're not noodling around right now with is because we're all, we all grew up here and, you know, listen to various incarnations of what oldies meant to folks in the tri-state. And we're noodling around with this notion that maybe some of the, the poppy stuff that got played on KRC and Q in the early eighties, like Sheena Easton's morning train. Does that fit? I don't know. Maybe it does. And, you know, that was played side by side with The Wanderer by Dion on Hot Wax Weekends on KRC and WLW for, you know, a decade. 
Yeah. Um, so you, you got to wonder, you know, it's certainly a song that nobody else is playing. Nobody else is going to play. GRR is not going to touch that. Um, it, it was a huge hit. And it was maybe, massive. maybe, maybe there, maybe there's a place for that. So the, we're, we're, listen in the coming weeks, you may, uh, you know, it's going to be gradual. It's going to be gentle, but, uh, you might hear a little bit of that and we'll kind of judge the response. I was going to say, you need an 80s show that's more like 97X Modern Rocky, uh, MTV-ish, not the 80s stuff that everybody plays. Same thing. It's, people just play the same, you know, 50, 80 songs and call it a day. Even the- you know, And that's the thing that we, we used to do back in the day is we take a fringe day part. You know, we just introduced an early 60s show on Sunday night. You know, folks don't listen to the radio on Sunday night unless you give them a reason to, generally. Yeah. So we're doing the, the Soda Shop Sunday night, and it's strictly pre-Beatles stuff. And I got it, man. The response has been fabulous, and not just from old folks, but from you know folks like your daughter, and you know people are just like, wow, it's great to hear this stuff again. It's been off the radio for so long. Yeah, my uh, uncle would love that. He up in Youngstown, I tell the story a lot. He, um, you know the movie American Graffiti, right? Sure. Paul Lamott, uh, picks up Mackenzie Phillips. My my uncle is the is the Paul Lamott character, and that he hates everything before the after Buddy Holly died, he hates everything. Hate the, the Beach, Beach Boys. Boys are boss. Hate, hate the Beach Boys are boss. My uncle hated them, and uh, I begged my him and my dad to take me to see the Beach Boys at the Canfield Fair in 1980. The only time uh, I it was just one little window where they were all together, all six of them, and I got to see them all on stage together. And then a couple months later, Brian was in trouble again, and he was out of the group. Uh, Dennis broke his hand, so he was out of the group and was having trouble too. So for that little bit, so I begged them to take me. My uncle complained the entire time. It was awesome. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah, he, he, so he, that'd be right in his basket. So, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's a lot of fun. And, uh, again, the response has been outstanding. Uh, you know, we're doing a live request show on Saturday nights again, and that's, that's an exciting uh, dial a hit actually was born on, I think 55 KRC back in the early eighties. So, you know, a lot of those in Cincinnati familiarity matters and, you know, that's why bringing Jim Scott back to WLW was the right thing to do. I wish I could talk Jim out of retirement to come to our morning show, but he, he he's opposed to getting up at four in the morning these days. And that's the point you, you bring up is the, the familiar, familiarity thing, but also the discovery thing. It's the KROQ out in Los Angeles has a, a digital twin station called KROQ2. I don't know how it's on out there, but I hear it uh, on my, use it my phone. I used to, I think, radio.com app whatever that's called now. And it's the same thing this DJO does. It's a familiar track, and then it's a not familiar track. Because like the serious 80 station, uh, New Wave, I don't need to listen to that. I've heard those songs to death. I have all those songs. I don't need to hear, uh, I love Blinded by Science. Thomas Dolby has at least 50 other songs that are even better than Blinded by Science that you could be playing, and KROQ2 does do that. So it's like, again, it's it's really great that DJO is a little more uh, loose and creative and you know adventurous in, in their programming. Uh, which leads me to ask you, so what, if you don't mind me asking, what year did you graduate from high school? 1983. Okay. So I'm, so, a, I'm a generation younger than uh, our, most of our audience. Okay, so you're just a year older than me. And the, the, what's weird about that is I was a huge 50s and 60s guy until I became a new wave daddy, but I still love the 50s and 60s. So that's kind of interesting that you kind of fell in love with that. Did you Were you a big fan of it growing up, or were you... you, did, my, you just, my original recollection of... of Radio was listening to like Casey Petrowski on WSAI back in the in the early to mid 70s. And then when uh, KRC started doing the hot wax weekends for whatever. I mean, I don't even know why I listened to it. It just that was what was on. It wasn't that mom and dad were listening to that. It's just that's 
what I listened to. I don't know whether it was on at the Y when I was swimming or whatever, but uh, just kind of got into that music and I'm like, okay, I'm going to learn this stuff. It's, it's fun. You know, it's got a beat. You can dance to it. Um, <laughs> so it, that's just kind of how I fell into it. There's, there's it's really weird. It's uh, like they, they, and they show this in the rock and roll hall of fame. I can't remember the name of the, the, um, he's the son of a famous evangelist going, I asked the kids about the, they ask you about the rock and roll. I'd like, it, and they'll tell you the same thing. The beat, the beat, the beat. That's a famous <laughs> clip people have seen, I'm sure. And they, they play that in, uh, when you go to the one hit wonder section, the rock hall, they have that on a loop, uh, with, a, yep. with some other stuff. It's really funny. And as we get older, you know, our, our desire for the beat doesn't change. And that's, that's no. one of the things that we constantly fight, you know, with advertisers trying to get them to understand is, you know, just because baby boomers are getting gray and losing their hair doesn't mean they're becoming their parents or their grandparents. You know, grandma sat on her front porch and rocked in a rocking chair because that's what she did when she was a kid. Yeah. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a factor of, oh, I'm old now. I'm going to sit in the rocking chair. It was that's what you did for entertainment through the Depression. Um, and as, you know, baby boomers age, they're not going to age gracefully. I mean, we're going to fight all the way out. And whether that means skydiving or, you know, taking trips all around the world now that we got the money to do it and COVID is just about done, you know, baby boomers are going to spend their kids' inheritance. There's going to be nothing left by the time they go. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Do you listen to much new music? I, I'm a little bit of a country fan just during from my time at UBE, but not much anymore. I am. Um, you know, we've got a bunch of kids in the house and uh, between the radio show and cooking three meals a day. And we've uh, we were stupid. We, we bought this farm right before covid and uh, it's got a ton of work that needs to be done. And we decided, you know what, we just got to jump in. So we've got a, a dairy cow and two calves and a whole bunch of chickens and just a, a whole lot of work that goes into every day making stuff work and feeding uh, 10 little mouths. Wow. Yeah, I wanted to touch on that, too, because um, you had mentioned back and forth in our emails that that was one of the things that kind of consumed a lot of your time. Did you, you want to kind of discuss how you got involved in that? Now, you mentioned earlier that you had been consulting stations in Eastern Europe. Is is that kind of how all that came about? Was that our, yeah. our, our youngest son has Down syndrome, and uh, we knew that he was going to be with us for life. Our older kids had all grown and moved on, and, you know, we're like, okay, you know, Matt's going to be here, and there's no reason that we can't add more to the family. We're not, we're not done yet. So we um, went to Eastern Europe and adopted a brother and sister. We thought the young man has, was developmentally disabled. <laughs> we were wrong there. He's, he's a go-getter, and he is uh, now married and has a kid. Wow. And, um, you know, once you see the conditions in the orphanages in Eastern Europe, you're just like, man, I got to get him out. I got to get him out. So uh, I probably for the price of a small island in the Caribbean, our family has expanded. Uh, we've got two that are actually today is their last day of high school. They're moving on to what's next. Uh, and we not entirely sure what next is. It's a lot of Kings Island for this summer. If they can, uh, get the situation there under control. So, uh, you know, gonna, gonna enjoy a summer off this year and then, and then jobs and day programs. And, you know, it's just, uh, there's always something going on. I was going to say, and, and how many live with you at, at this point? We've got uh, nine kids uh, that we've adopted with developmental disabilities and then our biological son. So uh, we are a family of 12. Holy cow. And, and, well, three holy cows, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, two steers and one cow. There and, you uh, go. And a, and a bunch of chickens. 
Why and how? Why so? Do you do a lot of work from remotely f- with the radio? Do you like voice track your show and things like that? Is that oh, the show is almost exclusively done from home? And I'm able to actually when when we get done here in a couple of minutes, I gotta. I'm working on our million dollar hot wax weekend, uh, oh, playing it. all the old summertime songs this weekend. So doing a lot of hand scheduling uh, of those songs, and uh, you know I'm able to do pretty much anything I can do at the station here at home and. Uh, that makes it nice. I do try to get in the station at least a couple of times a week just to see everybody and and talk about what's going on. But, um, yeah, Jeff Davis, who does the morning show, is able to do a lot from home. And uh, it, it, technology is great in that you don't have to sit in front of a console anymore and play records. And you can spend a lot more time being thoughtful about what you're going to say rather than that disc jockey dream that I'm sure you know, which is, ah, my song's over and I don't have anything else to play and I'm in slow motion running to the back of the room to get a cart and I can't find the one that I want and I'm going to get this one, but the boss is going to yell at me, so I don't want that one. So, yeah, the disc jockey dream has pretty much gone away. Uh, now it's hit F9 to start the next devel- uh, next event. Ah, I see. But, I mean, do you, can you, do you still kind of get in the groove, as it were, when you're when you're putting the show together? I mean, it's... Yeah, and the cool thing is we use the same software that they use over at iHeartMedia. It's called NextGen, and it allows us to, you know, listen to the last however much we want of the song before and listen to the intro of the song we're going into. So it's not like some of the other systems where you're doing it blind. I mean, we are doing radio. Um, you're hearing it in your headphones just as you would if you were doing it live. And generally, the system plays everything back the way it should. Um, you know, we're still doing requests. I wish they were live, but they're not. We have folks call into an answering machine. I pull those off uh, every other day and then play them back on the request show the following day. Okay. So uh, we'll get ready to do that here in just a little bit. And it's, uh, you know, I like to say it's not what it was. You know, radio is not the exciting thing that it was. If, if a kid would come up to me and say, man, I want to get into radio, I'd say, man, no, you don't. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, it's still for us old guys, it's a chance to to be on the radio, to have fun, to have some creative outlet. And for me as a programmer, it's fun to be able to, uh, you know, write silly liners and, you know, look for just the right mix of songs that might pique somebody's interest or maybe make them giggle a little bit. We do our Freaky Friday request show where the cockroach that ate Cincinnati is a favorite. Um. So again, it's just yeah, I, it, I cannot find fun. the original of that. But we had to play the um, I had to pull that off of YouTube to play it for the podcast. Uh, the Rose and the Arrangement version, you can't even if you want to go to iTunes and buy it, you can't. It's not in Spotify and, and I, uh, yeah, and I, th- I think your best bet for that is to go find one of the old Demento albums and it'll be on. I think it was on like every other Demento album. Yeah, I have it. I actually I have it from the library's Freegal service uh, by the. Whoever they did it in the 80s, the Meat Puppets, not the Meat Puppets. Um, I was getting confused. Some, something like that, yeah. Something like that, yeah. But I, I pulled it from that to play on the, the the podcast as well. But yeah, a lot of lot of great stuff. Where can people find the station? Let's just run these down. Uh, we are on 1480 AM. We right. are at 1079 FM. That kind of that that stick is in Wilder, and it kind of covers east side of the 275 loop okay. and in some of the higher territory in northern Kentucky. 99.5, which is on the old WSAI tower at West 8th and Matson Place. That pretty much blankets downtown, the entire basin, most of the west side. Okay. And we've got a new stick coming. So if you are living in the east side, Oakley Hyde Park-ish, east yeah. on to Milford and Loveland, you will have an FM. I We're debating back and forth between two different frequencies right now, but we're that's based on tower selection, and we should 
be up and going with that within the next 90 days. We've got our uh, our window with the FCC that we've got to get that sucker on the air pretty soon. I just saw the order for all of the equipment yesterday, and we are excited to finally, we should be a full city signal on FM uh, starting, like I said, within the next 90 days. Cool. And then are you on any of the uh, services? Like I th- uh, radio.com is now called Odyssey, I think. That's how I listen to KROQ2 and then TuneIn. And you on any of those? Yeah, we're on we're on TuneIn, soon to be on iHeartRadio. And we are on yeah. the, we will be on the radio.com platform. They just changed some stuff around when they changed yeah. their name. So yep. that's, okay, that's sitting illegal right now. Super, super. You got to try to rustle away uh, AT40 from GRR. I think it's <laughs> better for, for you guys. Uh, well, those I, those guys do a great job, and I oh yeah just, yeah I mean, in the longevity and the fact that they've been around for as long as they've been around, and those guys are just I I, I give them all the credit in the world, and sure, if they sure. want at forty, they can have it, and if they get tired of it, we'll take it. There you go. Oh, get the old Rock Over London's or the King Biscuit Flower Hour. <laughs> I don't even know if those are still available. I'd have to check into that. Uh, yeah, I know. I I can't, like I said, I have one that I uh they said don't take them home and I was in college and our sister station had them and they were going to throw them out so I pilfered one that has the Thompson twins on it and uh they they're for perform ironically their performance in Cleveland so I'm like oh, I've got to have this so I just Wait, and it, it, you Thompson twins is interesting because I'll tell something I don't think I've ever told in public and that is Marty Thompson was born of the Thompson twins when I got hired on WDJO they had a jingle that it was Marty with the party and I'm like they said, that's your name, Marty, wow. Marty with the party. And I'm um, yeah. like, I need a last name. And we had a copy of Radio and Records, the old uh, newspaper that listed, yeah, yeah. you know, the charts. And I'm looking down the back page in r and I'm like, Thompson Twins, Marty Thompson. All right, that's it. And uh, yeah. it's been there for 35 years. That's crazy. I've been on a massive Thompson Twins kick lately because of a fellow journalist. Uh, I just kind of being friends with this guy. We were both covering a, a show in Chicago for my other favorite band besides the Beach Boys, Orchestra Maneuvers in the Dark. And he was covering the show by himself. I was covering the show by myself. So we're hanging out. And anyway, he um, just a couple weeks ago sent me these CDs of they re-released the, 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 the Into the Gap and Sidekicks, the big, all the songs you know by Thompson Twins with all these extra tracks on them. And they're all out of print. And I discovered he had them, so he made copies of them for me and sent them to me, and I've been listening to them ever since. So, wow, that's that's wild. They're, in, in high school, that was my favorite band. <laughs> that is so weird. Uh, so here, the last order of business, because I know you got you got things to do, so I'll get you out of here a little. We'll dismiss class early a little today. But um, it, listening to the show, you know that you get to pick the coupon code for so people can use it at oldschoolshirts or cincyshirts.com or in either of our two stores. So, Marty Thompson, what would you like the coupon code to be? I would love the coupon code to be Cincy Oldies. Oh, perfect. All right, Cincy Oldies. All right, there you go, kids. All right. Well, that's fantastic. Well, I appreciate you doing this, uh, Marty. What a great conversation. Like I said, great, great to talk to an old, old radio guy. And it, uh, it, It's been great to swap stories. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, old radio war stories. Fantastic. Uh, okay, well, continue success to DJO. We'll be looking for the uh, that, that fourth stick, as we say, in the biz. And uh, and good luck with everything else. Thank you, and and, and make, make hay while the cicada sun is shining. I love your cicada shirts. Oh yeah, d- 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 uh, like our digital marketing colossi Sam said, uh, there isn't one that is not selling. They're all selling, so you can use the coupon code on that, kids. It's the <laughs> gift right. that keeps on giving. It is. Thanks, Marty. Take care. All right, bye bye.
Marty Thompson. Well, the Ramones sure remember rock and roll radio. Indeed, those guys uh, were very influenced by the groups of the 50s and the 60s, including the Beach Boys, the aforementioned Beach Boys. Now, be sure to listen to WDJO via any of the formats that Marty mentioned uh, online or over the air, the old-fashioned way. Uh, plenty of ways to enjoy the station, plenty of frequencies on which to enjoy the station, so you, you have no excuse not to be listening to WDJO. Now, if there's someone you'd like to hear on the show, simply email us, podcast at cincyshirts.com, put podcast guest in the subject line, give us a few sentences about why you think that person would be a good guest, or even you yourself would be a good guest. We've had people reach out before and say, hey, I do this certain thing. Would you be interested in talking about it on your podcast? And often the answer is, yes, we would. Also, be sure to tell friends and loved ones about the show, including folks who may no longer live in the area, but still feel connected to the tri-state. If you haven't already, as always, check out the Cincy Shirts podcast archives. We've got 171 of them back there. You may or may not have heard all of them, so do check them out. Today's show is produced by me, with all from Josh and Darren. Our theme music is Cincinnati by Big Nothing. They're from Philadelphia. You can find their music on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you get your music. Find vintage tees from great places like Philadelphia, Boston, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Louisville, Seattle, and a whole lot more at oldschoolshirts.com uh, same mix as Cincy Shirts has of defunct sports teams old stores old restaurants old malls all that kind of stuff uh, like I said like Cincy Shirts but for those towns so do check it out and again the promo code for this episode is Cincy Oldies C-I-N-C-Y Cincy Oldies all one word all lowercase all uppercase you know the drill you can use that to take 20% off your entire CincyShirts.com or OldSchoolShirts.com order, or both. And you can also use that in our uh, brick-and-mortar stores, as we call them, in Over the Rhine and Hyde Park. You can go in there to tell them you'd like to use the podcast code CincyOldies. They'll hook you up with 20% off. Follow our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat for the latest Cincy Shirts news. Tell your friends about the show. Give us a good review wherever you get the podcast from. And as always, download or stream us next time. Bye. I said goodbye